Welcome to the Doug Peterson Show. Brought to you by Fresh from Florida. J.P. Shadrick and former Jaguar Jeff Lagerman discuss the latest Jaguars news with the head coach. The Doug Peterson Show starts right now. And welcome in the Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. It's week 18. You know, they send this email out in December. Uh, the league does. Early in the week, playoff scenarios for each team. And as the... The month builds, it grows and grows. Well, this week is the longest one yet because almost every team's on there. With all these permutations and combinations of playoff ideas, the simplest way, though, is number one by Jacksonville is a Jacks win. And that's as good as it gets. You're 100% correct. And it's been this way for the last month of football. You know, if we just take care of business and, and handle our, you know, responsibilities and do our jobs, uh, you know, we, we – listen – it could have been wrapped up a couple of weeks ago, but it isn't. Um, it, it is what it is. We've we've uh, as they say, we've made our bed, and now we're going to lie in it, and and uh, we've got to come out swinging. This is going to be a good uh, aggressive Tennessee team on the road, <clears throat> you know, much like uh, Week 18 was last year. All right, uh, I'll put my fan hat on for a minute here because oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> All right. for 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 so long the league never had this last week of the season schedule to be determined. And I know as a coach, you probably love that the league has so much suspense the last week with the way that they've created the schedule. I know that you as a coach don't want to have suspense, but as a fan, is this not tremendous having the last week of the season have so much excitement to it? You're right. As a fan of our league um, and and really seeing it from big picture, it is. It's exciting to see the different matchups, the different scenarios. You know, they're, 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 they're putting teams on Saturday who have, you know, implications on the Sunday game and vice versa, or they're playing at 1 o'clock at the same time, head-to-head, things of that nature. So you can't really get a gauge for, for you know, what's happening in another game. And, and I think as a fan, that's, that's, uh, that's what the NFL wants. You know, from a coaching perspective now, uh, we, like, we like routine. We like schedule. We like things uh, in their boxes and uh, so we can check them off. But, yeah, you're right as a fan. It's, it's pretty exciting. And the other thing that they've done is to move a, a larger number of division games right to the end, just like this for you guys. And it makes it to where, look, uh, this game is important for you guys. And uh, Tennessee, not so much. But, look, it's important to them because here's their opportunity to knock you guys out because you knocked them out last year. Exactly right. And, and I know some of the faces are different, you know, on their team with injury and, and whatnot. But – Coach Vrabel and, and his his staff are going to have this team ready to go and prepared, and, and they remember. I mean, they're talking about last year and, and what happened here in Week 18. But you know, again, that's in the past, and and we got to focus on this game. But but uh, you know, our guys will be excited and, and energized and ready to go for this one as well. Head coach Doug Peterson with us. All right, um, let's get the weekly update on Trevor Lawrence. So far, heading into this Thursday, uh, where does he stand? Yeah, he's uh, well. He stands on his two feet. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But uh, no, he I couldn't resist. Um, that's easy. He, you know, he started throwing this week, you know, and, and uh, there's some soreness still. He's day-to-day. I, I would anticipate him, uh, you know, progressing uh, more with his throwing, you know, today, tomorrow, and on into Saturday, and, and we'll see where he's at. But, um, you know, obviously we're comfortable, again, with C.J. if he had to go and, and with, uh, with Matt Barkley second, second week in our system. Um, but, but Trevor's progressing, progressing well, and, and uh, he's on track. So after last week's game against Carolina Panthers as a coaching staff, do you learn anything from that regardless of who your quarterback is this week? Yes. 
And what is yes. that? Um, well, um, I think we went into that game committed to the run. I think that's something that we can learn as, as play callers and decision makers. We talked a little bit about that last week, how we were going to you know, go into last week's game. And I think some of your second and seven-plus scenarios, uh, which are typically passing scenarios, um, you're, we were effective running the ball. We stayed out of third and eights and nines and tens, and we were in those third and fours because of the, the run. And so those are all things that um, help our offense. They help our offensive line. Our quarterback doesn't have to go back there on third down and hold the football on seven-step drops and, and, and deeper routes. And, and, and we were a lot more efficient um, you know, on third down because of that. I think it's amazing that some people think that an effective running game has to be five or six yards per game, but it's not sometimes, is it? It's sometimes it's two and a half. Well, look at the first half compared to the second half. I mean, we were, uh, you know, 27 or 28 yards, I think, on, on what, 16-something carries in the first half. That's not very good. But obviously we had the explosive run there in the third quarter for the touchdown. That helps your, your yards per, per carry. But at the same time, we kept chipping away. And then you get into – you get that lead and you start getting into that four-minute mode when you need to run the football to win the game. And, and that's where things begin to kind of take off. And, you know, you just got to stick with it. You got to be committed to your run game. Um, and, and like we say, it's, it's not going to be pretty early, but it'll be very effective late in the game. Coach, uh, Christian Kirk back on the practice field this week. And, you know, that's, that's a quick turn from what he went through. And he explained a lot of it in the locker room on Wednesday. Um, the the idea that he's even running around on the practice field right now is pretty amazing. But how likely is it? Does it just depend on how he, you know, recovers from practice? This yeah, week, I guess. yeah. How he how he feels, how he recovers. You know, in his mind, he had targeted this week uh, as a return. You know, and and the doctors have um, have given him the okay to get back to practice. You know, we so we opened his window on on Wednesday and and um, you know did did a few things on a limited basis and and we'll ramp him up today on Thursday and then again on Friday and just see where he's at and it's really up to Christian um, to see just if he can. Uh, if he can go, and I think uh, I think a, a, a seventy-five, eighty percent Christian Kirk is is pretty good in our offense. Um, and uh, but but again, I don't I don't want to risk the chance of him being injured and, and missing, say, the postseason if uh, we have the opportunity to get there. But Doug, this is the week. This is the gotta have it week. So if, if guys are, you're gonna see a lot of guys if they're kind of you know borderline maybe probably go for it right you want to play in a game like this right you do and christian's going to want to play and and you know you can't fault him for doing that uh, trevor's going to want to play and you can't fault him for doing that you know but but again um we got to look at a big picture and and see you know where we are and and if we can you know do some good things and and really kind of continue uh, i th i think from from last week and kind of build up we didn't turn the ball over last week and and so that that's a difference of that you know and then defensively coming out and controlling the line of scrimmage like we did and and sort of you know getting after their quarterback it was six sacks last week and you know those are all part of the the, the plan right that's what you hope to get out of any kind of football game but um if these guys want to play um you know and and, and health is not a not a factor then, then we cut them loose and go play I think what you just brought up there was the biggest difference in the game, besides not turning the ball over, was the battle in the trenches. I thought your offensive line played so much better. Your defensive line played better. You, know, you go back to the week before at Tampa, might have been, I thought, the, one of the worst games in the pits for trenches for you guys. Big improvement last week. Big improvement, and and I thought Carolina's front was a good front. They they uh, they, they showed us a lot of five-man fronts, which is unusual. Tennessee has – 
in, in the last two years, they've given us the most five-man fronts than any other opponent they face. So, you know, we're going to see it. They like the one-on-one matchups, and, and uh, yet our guys bounced back last week, did a nice job on both sides of the ball. For you guys this week on defense, okay, the Titans' offensive line has been struggling a little bit. But one way an offensive line gets better is by running the football with King Henry behind that group. And do you expect a lot of that? I do. I do. And, you know, I go back and watch the, the Seattle game just a couple of weeks ago and, and, and Derrick Henry and, and uh, Ryan Tannehill, you know, who played in that game. I mean, they, they did some good things. They ran the ball efficiently and effectively in that football game, which opened up the play-action pass. And if it's Ryan Tannehill that's playing on Sunday – Here's a quarterback, a veteran guy that knows this system, and you know he, he's going to put the ball in play, and, and he does a nice job. Plus, he can extend plays. He's a really good athlete who can run, and he did that in that Seattle game. You know, and then you got to expect the the trick play, right? You, the, a halfback, Derrick Henry, threw a touchdown pass in that game, and they 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 try the flea flickers and the arounds and all these types of things here late in the season to try to spark their offense. So you're right. You know, Derrick Henry, it kind of runs through him. Um, he's a thousand yard back. He's got 11, 11 or so touchdowns this year, and um, you know, it, it's going to start right there. Yeah, when you bring up Tannehill and his mobility, I mean, some of the big plays that I remember him having against the Jaguars in, in history has been with his legs. And you also mentioned this, which I think is important because it, it goes more than just the offense, about trick plays. You could see it on offense. You could see it on defense. You could see it on special teams because what do they have to lose? That's right. That's right. And And sometimes the most dangerous teams are those types of teams, the ones that – aren't playing for anything. They're kind of playing for pride. They're, they they want to win in front of their fans, you know, on at home there in Nissan Stadium. So you're absolutely right. It's it's my message this week to the team is you you've got to be intentional with your preparation. You've got to study the film. You got to understand situationally when the team likes to throw a flea flicker in there or a halfback pass, what area of the field and just you got to play the game mentally a li- just a little bit this week and and um, you know, limit uh, if not sort of shut down some of these explosives that could be you go back to our first game the flea flicker right there before halftime that that uh, you know got them on the board and and uh, kind of got them back into that football game just a little bit those are things that spark an offense Derrick Henry seven of nine passing in his career by the way four touchdowns let's uh, that's pretty impressive let's, it is for, uh, for a running back a running back uh, coach final thought here you know the result in big games this year has not been great but this is the biggest of them all right now it's the win and end situation so the ultimate back against the wall moment how does your team respond this week you know it's 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 interesting how the season just kind of boils down to one one game uh, and it's something that you try to tell your team every week that a game comes down to two or three plays right and and that's can determine the outcome of your that game and and ultimately your season and so here we are week 18 you know win and you're in type type scenario or is the scenario basically and you know our team uh, if you go back a year ago, which, I mean, we're in that situation again. Our team responded extremely well, and I expect the same thing uh, this year with this group of guys. Um, they're saying and doing the right things. We've had a, we've had a good couple weeks of preparation here on the field, and, and that's what it's going to take, and, and that's what you want to be able to do now here at the end of the season, giving yourself these opportunities. Again, it's, it's part of our culture now is, is being here at the end of the year, being in the conversation of the AFC South, competing for a for a title and and then putting yourself in postseason contention because once you're in the tournament anything is possible you know as you move forward
As a player, you love these moments. As a coach, I'm sure you love these moments. And I, I, I'm a big NFL films fan, fan junkie. Go back to the old days. And in a moment like this, I always think back to that, that Bill Parcells and he's on the sideline and he's telling the players, hey, look, this is why he lifted all those GD weights in the offseason. This is why you sweat all that because this is what it's all about right here. Exactly right. Exactly right. It boils down to three hours on Sunday, and who who's going to be the best football team, you know, in that in that window, and and uh, who's going to make the most of their opportunities. Thanks for the time, Coach. Good luck to you. Thank you very much, Head Coach Doug Peterson. With us in about twenty minutes, we'll hear from tight end Evan Ingram, and this is the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh From Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Loggewin from the Hyundai Studios at the Miller Electric Center. Uh, thanks to head coach Doug Peterson in studio with us at the start of each and every Doug Peterson Show. There's a lot to, to uh, go through this week. And... Uh, you know, the quarterback's on the list again. you got some receivers that could be coming back. The defense is pretty healthy. They're coming off a win, finally. They snapped a four-game skid. That's all fine and dandy. It's all about this game against the Titans. Week 18, a win. The Jags will be division champs. That's as simple as it gets. Yeah, I really – the one of the most – the questions that I – or the question that I was looking the most forward to asking was about, as a coach, what, do you, what did you learn from last week? And – and because I thought it was very telling what he said there because I, I was figuring that he would go there and that how committed they were to the running game because regardless of who plays quarterback this week, let's say it's C.J. Beathard again, are you going to have the same kind of mindset? Okay, stay committed to the running game, um, making sure you're playing a clean football game, protect the ball. Well, let's say it's different. Let's say Trevor's playing. Let's say he's okay. But don't you really want to have the same mindset? Of, of relying and leaning on the running game again, even though you don't end up having, you know, 150 yards rushing by ETN, but just that it contributes to the game and it makes downs more manageable. And so I think that that's got to be the mindset for this football team in this ball game, regardless of who's playing quarterback. And and so I, I think that this offense offensive game plan this week will be very very similar to what it was last week. And usually when you go into the Tennessee game, you know what it is on the defensive side for the Jags. It's stop the run and then see what happens with the rest of you it. you got to stop Henry. It, Henry's kind of there. It, it could be his last gasp in Nashville. The contract's up. Well, and reason why that, again, when if I mentioned this to Doug and he commented on it too, is that if, if you're looking to help an offensive line that's struggling and a quarterback position that may has – or have undergone some change. Now you want to rely on that running game. Derrick Henry has been the best component of their offense all year long. Will Levis is young. He's inexperienced. Tannehill has been in and out of the lineup. He had an ankle, I believe it was, earlier in the year. But if if they're going to be able to function and to compete in this game, I really believe this, that the Tennessee Titans are going to have to find a way to take the ball away a couple times and then have Derrick Henry have one of his best games of the year, if not the best game of the year. That's what they have to have, I believe, to win this game. I don't believe that it's going to happen. 
I believe that the Jaguars' defense is going to play well. I believe that they're going to play their brand of bully ball. Uh, hopefully they're back on track because the four games prior to Carolina, they weren't so good defensively. But, uh, but they know what's in front of them. And uh, I, love, I love Derrick Henry. Love everything he stands for. Amazing player. Been great to watch, you know, and over the years some of the stiff arms that he has put on Jaguar defenders has been amazing. It's been uh, kind of crazy to watch some of those games, and I don't want to watch another one. Yeah, let's make this. Yeah, let's not have another one of those highlight games either. No, no, I'm, I'm not ready for We've that. We've had enough of this. But their offensive line again. Their offensive line is struggling. They've there's been so much change with this Titans football team from the last matchup. And the other reason I'm excited, like, look, if Trevor does play, I think Trevor had arguably his best game this year against Tennessee the last time. If you go back, Calvin Ridley had over 100 yards receiving, two touchdown catches in that ball game. Trevor had two rushing touchdowns in that ball game himself. So go back to last year. Yeah. The game in Tennessee, arguably one of the best games he's ever played, Trevor has. So he's had he's had excellent games against Tennessee. And if he plays, I would expect nothing less. But I would expect maybe a lower number count as far as the attempts go as as a passer. That makes sense. I mean, if you're going to run it, the clock's going to run and you got the lead and okay, don't don't be well, throwing you, well, you hope you hope you got the lead. That'd but he, nice. but the one thing I would worry about in this game. Mm. If if you turn the ball over and the longer the game goes and the longer that the game is tight, the more I call this pucker factor. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. The more tense a Jaguars football team may get. The tension builds. And unfortunately, I've experienced that. And you know, go back to 96 when we needed to win that game against the Atlanta Falcons. And we didn't play our best football. We were a very tense, tight football team needing to win that game to get in the playoffs. And then we had to end up having a Morton Anderson miss to be able to get our football team into the playoffs which was fine we 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 got in but and we played much better the following week but we got a little tight in that ball game and the Jaguars need to make sure that you know an early lead would be nice so that there's no t- tense tightness no in that pucker game. no pucker pucker factor. no puckering yeah don't need that around here yeah uh, we're back in a moment we'll get into the quarterback discussion Trevor Lawrence CJ Beathard who goes I don't know Injury reports out. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit as well. Jags fans want customized Jaguars furniture for your home? Check out ZipChair.com and browse all customizable options. ZipChair furniture for fans. This is the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars, Titans coming up 1 o'clock Sunday. Nissan Stadium on the banks of the Cumberland River in Nashville, Tennessee. Music City, USA. And it often What's comes the name of that stadium? Nissan okay. Stadium. And, you know, I don't know if you've heard of that. Yeah. Well, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get uh, directions here. Okay, see, oh. what, I'm thinking road trip for our Jaguar fan oh, base. 
Okay, yeah, because it's you know it's not a. It can be uh, now this time you know two days out the flights might be sold, but I'm, that's why I'm. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Okay, give people an idea of very nice here. How long of a road trip this is? Um, I bet just, you it's eleven hour drive. Nine hours. Nine. Nine hours. Nine, nine. hours. Okay. Well, I guess through Atlanta and over to Chattanooga and up through yeah, that makes sense. Saying uh, yeah. just just a, a bit over nine hours. Um, that's doable. Oh yeah. Road trip on Friday or Saturday. Get yeah. to Nashville. Have a have a party. And then go to the game, and then after the game have a party in Nashville, and then road trip on back on Monday. Sounds pretty good to me. I mean, <coughs> yeah, feeling sick. Oh, logs is oh, feeling, he's not gonna make it. I'm sick. I can't get to work on Monday. <laughs> Whoops, a Daisy went to Nashville again. Funny how that works. Let's till that joint out. Um, Trevor Lawrence on the injury report, of course, uh, with the AC joint sprain and his throwing shoulder. Yesterday, did not throw any footballs during the open media period of practice, about 20 minutes to the start of practice. That was notable because we were all staring at him, and he didn't do anything. He just held on to the football. Um, today, we yeah. saw him actually throw the football a little bit. Not every time. Um, so, I guess but that's the question a is, JP. Yes, what is the question? What did he do when you left? I don't know. That's a great <laughs> question. That's a great question, and that's – Nobody knows. We've talked about it for weeks now. You know, if he's not practicing, then all of a sudden he shows up on Sunday. It hasn't really gone especially well, um, not just for him, but for the team as a whole. Are you better off if Bethard is practicing all week, putting Bethard out there and having a similar performance to what he had last week? If Trevor can throw the ball, yeah. Trevor's your starting quarterback. Yes. End of conversation. Correct. If Trevor can take reps in practice on a Thursday and on a Friday, Trevor's your guy. He's the starting quarterback for a reason. He's the best quarterback. Easy. Simple. Yeah. But it's up to Trevor, right? I mean, he's got to be able to feel it and grip the ball and follow through and do it again and again and again. Exactly. And he's got to be able to also to – protect himself and to withstand I don't want to say some hits because I'm hoping that he doesn't get uh, I mean, hit it's if football. he plays. Guess what? He runs a lot too, but by the way. That's that's part of it's part of the job description last time I checked. So uh, Arden Key is gonna be there. Okay. Uh Danico Autry, another guy that might want to introduce himself to Trevor. Harold Landry, another guy that's a pretty good pass rusher. The Jaguars' tackles, Anton Harrison and Cam Robinson, are going to have to play well because that's the talent right now of the front of the Tennessee Titans with Jeffrey Simmons out of the lineup. Those guys on the outside. Now, Arden Key will kick down into the middle, as we saw when he was here, and he will rush from the inside. But uh, on regular base downs, those are your outside rushers. Back in a moment, we'll get back to the Jags' defense and the defensive line and the pass-rushing duo, Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Trying to finish the regular season strong. That's next on the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. 
The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, head coach Doug Peterson joining us in the opening segment of the show each and every Thursday. And coming up in just a few moments, Evan Ingram caught up with the Jags tight end in the locker room yesterday. We'll hear that conversation in just a few minutes with Jaguars defense. And for those on our network, we... In the hour preceding this Doug Peterson show, each and every Thursday, we have Jaguars Happy Hour on our flagship station, 1010XL, here in Jacksonville. We had a special guest pop in today. Josh Allen was walking through the hall, going somewhere else, and decided to stop in and and say hi to us. And off a three-sack game where he has 16-and-a-half for the season, and now the franchise single-season sack record, and he's a half-sack off the pace for the NFL lead in that department. And, as he said to us, Logs, it's not just him. Trayvon Walker all of a sudden is putting up some numbers as well. And they've, as a duo, really started to make some waves here at the end of the season. And it's not really all the time from the traditional outside position either, which is a development. And that's kind of a recent change. And uh, going into that game, you remember what uh, we were having a conversation in the week leading up to the game against Carolina and I'd said that the tackles are pretty good, and the center and the two guards were not very good. Well, Mike Caldwell and the coaching staff came up with a, with a great plan, and they kicked Trayvon and Josh down on the guards, and they rushed straight. Trayvon got his sack when they just rushed it straight. And then the next time they were down in there, they ran what is a, a, called a TE game. So Josh at the defensive tackle spot, immediately gets up the field on the outside shoulder of the guard, and he's trying to get inside and past the inside shoulder of the tackle so that the guard has to eventually turn Josh loose because Roy Robertson Harris is looping underneath. So what he's trying to do is to beat that right shoulder of the tackle so that when the guard comes off of him to block Roy, the tackle can't slow him down or stop him. And Josh did it perfectly. And it helped that the rush that he had before on Trayvon Sack, he actually went up the field on the guard and then powered back. So the guard believed he was once again going to power up the field on him. So it was an excellent move by defensive coordinator Mike Caldwell. And then the other sack that he had with the double A-gap blitz that Josh talked about. And they really sold it, really did a good job of selling it. Josh had a free run at the quarterback tackle, turned out the last minute, but it was too late, too little, too late. And then the last one, just being relentless. Josh uses that term a lot, and that's the way he plays the game. And, and, and you know, JP, I'm a big fan of Josh. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of Josh as, as a player. I'm a big fan of Josh as the man that he is and have a lot of respect for him and his game. And so I – in the booth, I'm I'm celebrating in the booth because I'm excited for Josh and him breaking the record that Calais Campbell has had, which Calais Campbell, top-notch guy, you yeah, know. sure. Raised Josh in this league. And I, and I give Calais a lot of credit for for the person and that the player that Josh has become because you you got to have mentors in this game and, and in life. And Josh had one of the best. And Calais was going to see on social media, congratulated him as well, because he did Calais' sack dance with the 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 second one swing and the home run and all that stuff, which is really cool to see and just need a little bit more of that, one more week of that to get this team across the finish line and into the postseason as the AFC South champions. We're back in a moment, and we'll hear from... 
Jags tight end Evan Ingram. I caught up with him in the locker room yesterday. Only the second Jaguars player ever to go over 100 catches in a season. Jimmy Smith did it twice. Now Evan Ingram is at 104 for the season. That's next. It's the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Logman back in a moment. Tight end Evan Ingram over 100 receptions for the season and closing in on 1,000 receiving yards for the season as well. Big game, and he could be hitting some big-time NFL history numbers in terms of tight ends in a single season. If he has a 12-catch game, it would tie the NFL record for tight end receptions in a season. Zach Ertz in 2018 with Philly had 116 catches. Well, that would be a career-high game for Evan Ingram if he could do it. He's had three different 11-catch games in his career, but he's a team guy. He's not worried a lot about the numbers. He had caught up with him in the locker room this week and asked him about last week's win. Was it a relief or just the team getting back on track? Yeah, I'm, uh, I mean, you know, you lose four straight. Uh, you know, it's, it has to end at some point. So um, that's something we were working for. It was definitely a long four weeks, but uh, went out there on Sunday with a, a fresh mind, a uh, hungry mind. We knew what we had to do. Uh, and, you know, it's put us, you know, the win put us in position to close everything out this Sunday. Yeah, and that now it's up against it, a must-win scenario this Sunday for the Jags. And how has the response been so far in the meetings in the locker room this week? I mean, it's championship week. Uh, you know, it can't, you know, Obviously, uh, that's a goal of ours uh, since the beginning of the year is one of the division. And honestly, if you said, if you told us that uh, it'd come down to the last week again, I mean, you know, where else would we want to be? So uh, we're pumped about it. We're excited. Um, like I said, the win last, you know, this past Sunday was big for us. And, uh, you know, definitely looking forward to moving forward and going to win in, in, in Nashville and coming home with the division. I know you're a team guy, but you went over 100 receptions last week, second player ever in Jaguars history to do that. Jimmy Smith did it twice in his career. What does that mean to you, the history part of some of the stats you're starting to hit now? Uh, it means a lot. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm in this game to win. I um, definitely want to win championships and um, contribute to that. Also leave a legacy. Um, and uh, I think you know, the numbers and the stats and the accolades, you know, that's part of it. Uh, and obviously, uh, I'm very, very excited to you know, leave my mark on the game, um, definitely as long as winning is, is along with it, too. So uh, you know, we're, we've been doing that here. Obviously, you have our adversities, but um, just being a part of a winning culture, uh, you know, making a, you know, leaving a mark on the league and my team and um, history uh, definitely means a lot. I don't know where you were in 1998 or 1999. Probably a little guy, Nine right? Yeah. I was still running around catching balls. I, I, I was I was running around somewhere. He was only beginning. Um, that was the last time the Jaguars, the only time the Jaguars won back-to-back division titles. That would mean something, certainly for this franchise in this division to get that done in back-to-back years, right? Yeah, uh, you know, we we came here with a goal to obviously change things around here, and um, you know, we're we're on our way. Uh, and Sunday's another big step in that, and. Uh, Definitely, uh, definitely got to get this one. This one means a lot for us, our, our team, and obviously this organization. That is Evan Ingram, Jaguars tied in in the locker room yesterday, and uh, Jeff Logovan back with us now. You know, we've had the good fortune actually over the last little while here. You know, even going back to the 2017 days of having some free agent hits. It's not often you have that many hits. Like in 2017, Calais was great. 
Mm -hmm. Malik Jackson was really good. The back end of the defense had moments where they were really good, Uh, just to name a few of those guys. Well, in this regard, I mean, Evan Ingram is right up there, has to be close to one of the top free agent signings in Jags history. Calais is probably the number one, in my opinion. But Evan is trending the right way to go maybe overtake him with some of the numbers he's putting up. I I think you could argue that that class – that year's free agent class as a whole is the best in Jaguars history ever, right? You're talking Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk yeah. that you all brought in. That's and, right. and credit to Trent Baalke because that was the year that you said, okay, we have a rookie quarterback and we need to make sure that we surround him with people that are willing to work. Because on a, with a young quarterback, if you have veteran guys that are not willing to put the work in, the time in – it's hard for a quarterback to generate a rapport with people that are not about practicing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Iverson? Yes. Yeah. So, but uh, definitely Evans, a, you know, watching him in practice is amazing. I mean, literally, you can watch him in practice. Calvin Ridley practices unbelievably hard. Christian Kirk. I mean, these guys are some of the hardest working guys that you watch in practice. And it's just like, I wish I had some of that work ethic, the practice work ethic that they had when I played, because it's, it's impressive to watch. Every day, the attention to detail, the, the attention to detail on every rep is fun to watch. I'll tell you, in training camp, um, the first guy out on the field is usually him and or Ross Matisic. Long snapper. Uh, by the way, congratulations to Ross, who's a Pro Bowl uh, long snapper. Heck of a player now. But um, but Evan is out there early. He has his pre-practice routine. He goes and follows it to a T every single time out. Have you watched him in pregame? I have not. Because actually. you're you're I'm, usually I'm on, on the air. On yeah. the air in the studio. Yeah. Evan Ingram has a routine that he goes through every game. He goes out there, he catches tennis balls, he puts on these uh, – it's like goggles that have these flashing lights. <laughs> and so the whole idea is that you, you it, it makes you focus on catching the ball with all these distractions, I guess, that could – that happen while you're wearing these goggles. And uh, – but it's not just that. I mean, his, his preparation and pregame, it's very similar to Paul Puzlesny. Right. So his pregame workout routine was it's exhausting. I got tired watching. Oh my it. gosh! Medicine balls, <laughs> oh, like, medicine balls. Doing? I mean, he's got a full blown sweat, and I'm just going, "Wait a minute, like, okay, that's that's like okay, I'm done for the day. Go hit the shower." And Paul's going in to put on on his game uniform. I'm like, "How does he do that?" Evan doesn't have to that extent as far as the physical stuff. But just the methodical way that he goes about preparing for a game is consistent week in and week out, and it's impressive to watch. And let me go back to Madison yes. real quick. Yes. Congratulations to Ross. He, and I, and I brought this up a couple weeks ago, the highest-rated special teams player in the National Football League, according to Pro Football Focus, PFF. And he's been there for weeks, weeks, Weeks. Literally, I think it was like a since week – the first time I really looked was like week eight or nine. And he was the number one special teams player from that point on all the way through the end of the season. So kudos to him. Kudos to him 
because he's an excellent coverage guy. And a lot of times, the only time you notice a snapper is when they have an errant snap or a bad snap that ends up in some kind of turnover or a bad hold or whatever. None of that happened. But we've noticed Ross, because of his exceptional play, caused a fumble, recovered a fumble, got the trifecta on that one particular play. But week in and week out, he is a guy that draws extra attention from the opponents. Their effort to block him is there's a lot of respect there. And he still wins and he still makes tackles. Kudos to him. Fresh from Florida is proud to partner with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Eat like a Jag when you choose fresh from Florida. Back in a moment, playoff scenarios, even though Doug Peterson said there's only one. We're not talking about any other, JP. We're talking about one. We'll discuss it when we come back. It's the Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. We're back. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, the Jaguars and the Titans coming up. Nissan Stadium, Nashville, the site. One o'clock Sunday, week 18. And a win for the Jaguars would secure the AFC South title for the second year in a row. And just talking to Evan Ingram uh, last segment about that, you know, it would mean something to this franchise in a, in a big way. It's, it's only happened one other time in franchise history in the late 90s to, to win it back-to-back. And if you want to stake your claim as uh, of ownership in this division, that's the way to do it is to win year over year consistently and continue to grow that uh, long streak. And they have a chance to do that Sunday. But it's, a, it's never been done in AFC South. Correct history for this team no so it kind of makes it a special opportunity for this football team to be the first team to ever do that in back-to-back since you had the realignment of the divisions and all of that i think this football team is ready for the challenge and i think they're going to take great pride and in this ball game and tennessee if if things can go well for them early i think it will be a very tight game if the Jaguars are able to have some success early in this ballgame, it's easy to pack your bags, JP. Cancun's just a day away. In some cases, the bags are already packed, so to speak, for for teams that are in the position that the Tennessee Titans are in. And unfortunately, I've been in that position a few times. And So have we. There, the was, there was plenty yeah. of guys on those teams that I played on that – we're looking out for numero uno in that game. Don't let me get hurt. Business you know? decisions. I'm not going to be jumping into that fray over there because I don't want to risk injury because this game doesn't mean anything for us. So they choose not to stick their nose in certain things. Mm-hmm. Could that be the case for the Tennessee Titans? As much as people want to talk about this football team would love nothing better than to spoil the opportunity in the day for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I will counter with this. There's a lot of guys that are on that football team of the Tennessee Titans that don't have any clue about the history between these two teams. Correct. And all they're worried about is making sure that they get through the day kind of feeling good and healthy. You know what? They started the season with half the roster overturned at the start of the year. So a lot of those players weren't even involved in last year's meltdown. 
and and the number of players that they have on injured reserve this year, meaningful players, oh, yeah. is pretty pretty dramatic. But you have to be prepared as if they are coming ready to play. They are going to be at their best. Mm-hmm. Their head coach is going to have them ready to play. Which he'll yeah he'll do as much as he can. You know, like Mike Vrabel. He's Vrabel's gonna... he's funny. He, he, <laughs> he was asked a question about. Uh, Something about what's the motivation uh, of playing well in this last game, yeah. and he gave a, he gave a pretty good answer, and it was very colorful. It was to say the least. Mm-hmm. Had a little bit of language that was involved in it, but I, I like Mike Vrabel. I think he's a good football coach, and he's uh, spot on. When you watch his press conferences, he can be very entertaining. At the same time, he can be a little Belichick esque. I think would be a good way to describe it. A little salty, but entertaining. It it would be entertaining to uh, he fired his special teams coordinator this year in the yeah. season. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. Craig Aukerman, who I like Aukerman. I was kind of he was disappointed around here. Mike yeah. fired him. Yeah, he was around here. He's a uh, he's been around here. Yeah, he, he was, was a coach here with the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Super nice guy. Super nice guy. And a good football coach. Very surprised that Mike Vrabel let him go. Are you ready to help lock down the bank in 2024? I'm ready. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Be the first in line to select your seats for next season. Place your deposits now and catch all the biggest matchups. And don't miss a single moment. Place your deposit at jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. Back in a moment, final thoughts ahead of week 18 on the Doug Peterson Show on Jaguars Radio. Welcome back. The Doug Peterson Show continues right now. The Doug Peterson Show presented by Fresh from Florida. Food tastes better when it's grown closer to home. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming up. In week 18 in Nashville, 1 o'clock kickoff time. The uh, Jaguars, of course, won against Tennessee last year in the final week of the season here in Jacksonville to win the AFC South. And the South has had a team clinch a playoff berth in the final week of a season now in six of the last seven years, including this season. And that dates back to 2017, the most of any division in the National Football League. So... You know, people can fire off jokes about the AFC South nationally and all that, but when it comes down to it, there's some competitive ball at the end of the season. And and I believe that this division is going to be one of the best in football in the future with Trevor Lawrence, C.J. Stroud, Levis possibly, Indianapolis, who knows, a little bit of a wild card yeah, there. Yeah, if he gets back and healthy and right. But uh, But, yeah, I mean, just right now looking at, Trevor and C.J. Stroud, I think this is this is going to be a tough division every year, battling with with the top quarterbacks, two of the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. Who do you who do you like in the Texans Colts game? By the way, Texans. I think so. Uh, you know, I watched the Texans play Tennessee this past week, and Houston they just had no problem. And Houston right now is playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, I'd say with their quarterback is playing and again he throws the ball so effortless it's it's amazing it's just a flick of the wrist and he's hitting a 20 yard out that's just effortless 
And this past game, you watched Bryce Young to try to throw a 20-yard out. It's, it's everything he takes to do that. I'm, and I'm, I don't know what the future holds for both of these quarterbacks, but with the eye test, that would have been an easy decision for me to make. It would have been C.J. Stroud. Sunday, 10 a.m. in Jacksonville for the Public's Tailgate Show on our flagship station, 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Then at noon, it's the network coverage, Jaguars Radio Network coverage of Countdown to Kickoff ahead of Week 18, 1 o'clock kickoff time in Nashville. Our thanks to Joe Fortunato, Brent Reber. Our thanks to Evan Ingram, Head Coach Doug Peterson. For Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening to The Doug Peterson Show on the Jaguars Radio Network.